Hey everybody, Terrell Cummings. This episode 27 of Always Relevant Podcast. Here with Game Demand once again. Uh, we're going to talk about a few different things. Uh, really, we're going to talk about professional athletes who made millions who are now broke. Um, we're also going to discuss activities to do while being quarantined from the in quarantine from the coronavirus. Um, should sports teens play without fans in the stadiums? And obviously a few topics from a rapid fire segment as well. So, uh, you know, we'll get through things. We're having fun. I'm glad we got a chance to record this episode. Uh, hopefully you guys get to have fun uh, listening to it. And uh, we hope you enjoy the show. So here we come starting soon. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 27 of the Always Relevant Podcast. And I'm trying to make sure that we're not having too many technical difficulties. I think Dane is on the line with us. Dane, how's it going? Going good. How's it, how you doing? Doing all right. Just getting a lot of feedback for some reason. That's probably my fault somehow. But uh, I'm trying to figure that out. But uh, yeah, man, hanging out, having a time as always. There you go. Whatever you just did worked. I didn't do anything. So, <laughs> but it does sound better. So I don't know what happened. Um, but it seems like it's taken care of. So what's good, man? How's it going? Oh, man. You know how it is. It's kind of tough right now, right? Uh, getting a little stir crazy. Uh, you know, I like to go out and do things. But, uh, I did watch Rambo Last Blood last night. That was pretty inspiring. So, about all I got. <laughs> you know, I've, ne- I've never watched a full Rambo movie ever. This last one's pretty good. I mean, I like the Rambo movies. This one's very gory, very depressing. I mean, he rips the guy's heart out literally at the end. It's br- It's brutal. It's gruesome. It's uh, <laughs> it's a quality action movie. Very short, take up a lot of your time. No thinking involved. You know, cartel basically pisses Rambo off and he kills them all. You know, good stuff. No, yeah, well, that's that's normal. Man. That's normal. Yeah, I was watching the movie last night. It was with uh, Mark Wahlberg called Mom Twenty Two, where he's like a CIA operative, and they have to leave an asset out of like South Korea against the South Korean government and, and the Russians and everybody trying to, you know, go after him for that. So that's also, I've seen, another, that. I've seen that. That's a good movie. I actually like yeah. that. That's also another high action movie. You like action movies. It's pretty much nonstop. Most of the movie. So lots of different, um, creative ways of people being killed in that movie. So I watched that. And then this morning I woke up with the kids and we watched Creed too. So hadn't seen that before. And, you know, he's going against Ivan Drago's son. So, I like that I movie. I thought that was yeah. good. Yeah, I thought it was pretty solid. So that's what I've been doing this morning. Um, as far as me, how am I doing? How am I really? You know, I'm doing all right. I feel good that myself and Lane are both are, you know, we're able to still work and have our financials come in. So, you know, we're, we're lucked out in that situation. We have people that are still willing to watch the kids and everything. And, um, you know, I'm not as stir crazy as Dane is because I don't go out as much as Dane does. Um, things are are still halfway normal, 
it gets around the house, you know, we work, you know, work from home. That's the main difference. I don't have to drive up 45 minutes to an hour every day for work. So I can just work from work from the desk. So that that's a good thing. But, um, but then we pick up the kids, we eat dinner, and we hang out. And, you know, put the kids to sleep, and it's normal. So <laughs> our routine is it's still very similar to what it was before. We're just uh, keeping to just the family and not going to see the grandparents or anything like that. So that's really the main thing. But, you know, other than that, you know, we, we, we can't complain. We're still in a good situation, and uh, we're thankful for it. So that's where I am right now. <laughs> hey, that's good. So I, I know I, I try to get a virtual happy hour going for, for you, me, uh, Stoddy, Dawson, a couple of people, but just didn't work out. So I think we're going to try to do that next week, have a virtual happy hour. I don't know if you'll be able to make it because of the job, but uh, we'll probably try to get some people together, kind of talk and hang out and BS a little bit and just see how everybody's doing during this time frame where it's, you know, you do what you can to socialize. seems like over social media is going to be the best option if you want to see your people and still hang out and converse and all that stuff. So um, I don't know. That's where I am right now, man. No, that's good, man. You know, I'm, I'm doing good. Like I said, I'm working and being in shipping, we're actually busy. So I can right. tell you, you know, with people not going out and shopping and all that stuff, it uh, definitely keeps you busy. And, uh, you know, I'm in an area where a lot of people are getting diagnosed with it. And the people who work next to them get quarantined with them and stuff like that for safety reasons. So, you know, it's a challenging time uh, for the shipping business for sure. But right, uh, like right. I said, I'm glad I'm working. So, I get, you know, I'm good with that. And, uh, you know, uh, I'm glad to be busy. So, I mean, not too much complaints. I uh, told you I ordered a pair of OBJ Air Max 720s. I'm expecting big things from my boy this year. <laughs> expecting big nice, things. Nice. You know, if I play $200 for a pair of shoes, I expect 20 touchdowns this year. You know, I, I'll be having oh. game day. I got my orange. Brown and black Air Max 720 OBJs. I'll be ready for game day. I, I have faith football will be back in the fall, so I'm feeling pretty good. Okay, football's back in the fall. This just come off the top of my head right now. Who's going to have the better season this year, OBJ or AJ Green? OBJ. OBJ? I think okay. OBJ. I think AJ Green stays healthy. I think he puts up big numbers this year. Oh, no, he hasn't done he hasn't done a whole lot for two years. So that's I, all right. I uh, that's, that's all right. Hey, he he's coming back. I have a feeling he's going to be all right. Last year he could play. I think he just sat out. I think he's back. I think he's be healthy. He's what thirty one years old. He still has a couple years left. He has to play it smart. He'll be all right. My my thinking behind it is OBJ's much younger. He should be in his prime. He's had three disappointing years, and finally, I think it's he's realized that. Uh, you know, his days of being a celebrity and stuff are about done, and he ain't worth anything until he starts scoring touchdowns again. So I expect big things. Supposedly, my, Coach Stefanski sat him down, talked to him. He's on board. That's why he didn't get traded. He's going to be part of the uniform uh, release here in two weeks. I don't know why everybody's so excited about that on Twitter because you know what it's going to look like. Uh, dumbest yeah, excitement of all time. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the Browns aren't changing. People. It's going to be an orange helmet. I hope I didn't spoil anything for anybody out there, but it's going to be an orange helmet. So, uh, but I got I got faith in OBJ. He's got a big year. I'm feeling it. I mean, OBJ though, 
I mean, yeah, he makes one-handed catches, but is there really anything special about him, in your opinion? Like, all right, so he, he's like five. He, we'll give him 5'11", right? He probably runs – he probably runs a sub four four five forty. Four, five, oh eight. yeah, yeah. He ran. What they say when he scored that touchdown against the Jets last year? It was like, it was like twenty five miles per hour. That's insane. I don't know though. I mean, yeah, he, I mean, he's good. I'm not trying to say he's not good. I think he's good. I no, here's the thing: if he's, if he's like elite, he is elite from a talent perspective. Now, if you go back to that Browns Bengals game, last game of the season last year, yeah. and see that touchdown catch he made in the end zone. He's one of the only guys that can make that catch right. because of his, his because of the hops, the hands, and the and just the overall athletic ability. He is he is a rare talent from a physical standpoint. So, uh, with his head screwed on right, he could be the man. He really could be, particularly in an offense that the Browns are going to put out there next year with a lot of different options with. You know, Hooper now at tight end, Joku back out of the doghouse, hopefully, catching some footballs, Jarvis Landry out there, uh, maybe Rashard Higgins coming back, who's Baker Mayfield's boy from two years ago. Maybe they can reconnect. and You won't be able to put everybody on Beckham. You'll have uh, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt in the backfield, which is sick, so you're going to have to play the run. Should open it up for OBJ to make some big plays this year. I mean, y'all sound good on paper. Let's see if they can – and they can put together on the field. So that, that's always been the problem. <laughs> all right. Yeah, but we'll see. You know, he's all right. So Terrell's got AJ Green with the big year. I got OBJ with the bigger year. And let us settle it on the field. Yep. That's all that's all we can do. That's all we can do. So um, you know, today we're we're not looking to have the too long of a podcast today. Hopefully we'll see. Um depends on how the topics go. But I know one of the topics we were discussing before are because I think what was it I forget where we heard it or if you heard it, if I heard it, but basically someone's saying that NBA players right now, many of them live paycheck to paycheck, and you kind of wonder how that can happen. Um, you know, with, with professional athletes, specifically NBA players, because they do get paid probably the most out of professional athletes. You know, just kind of in general. Obviously, the superstars in different sports get paid a lot, but overall, because they have probably the least amount of players in the league. Um, you know, the guy, the last guy on the bench is going to get paid quite a bit of money, you know, especially these new TV endorsement deals that are out there. So um, we want to talk about professional athletes who have made millions who are now broke. So I know we both kind of uh, were talking and getting some different athletes' names together that we had in mind, like Allen Iverson's and Antoine Walker's. Um, you know, Dane, what do you think? Who do you have on your list? I got quite a few people, and like I said, this comes – we decided to talk about this because it is an important issue, and this goes for everybody out there, you know, not just athletes, but don't mess with your money. But because athletes are famous people and stuff, everybody will know what we're talking about and you see what happens if you don't manage your money. So C.J. McCollum said this. He's vice president of the union. He's a star for the Portland Trailblazers and an Ohio native, went to Camp McKinley, I believe, and – uh he said that, what, 150 NBA players are living pay- paycheck to paycheck and struggling, like Terrell said. So we would go back, and we're looking at a lot of people made a lot of money. And, and the thing that's funny is a lot of them failed for many different reasons. It's not all just one deal. So, you know, we're going to start with somebody recent here. I'm going to talk about Vince Young. 
Heisman Trophy winner. Champ, uh, no, he didn't win the Heisman, but, you know, MVP of the championship game, won the national title against USC in one of the all-time great games, probably one of the best single-man performances ever. And he was completely broke seven years after signing a $26 million contract. Crazy. What do you think about that? Yeah, it's crazy, but it's not surprising. And the thing is, he's lucky that he, he is who he is who he was. He's a Texas great. So he can probably go back to Texas and they'll figure out a way to take care of him and make sure that he'll be all right. Well, you he know? did go back to Texas and they gave him a job making a hundred thousand dollars working for the university and he got busted for DUIs. So oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. I did forget about that. Can't you got to quit you got to screw your head on right at some point, people you got to think. You know, everybody makes mistakes, but the important thing is you learn from them. Some people aren't. Yeah, that's true. You typically do get mulligans in life one way or another. So you just have to you know, make the make the best of what you can while you have the opportunities that you do. So now here's one of the most famous. And uh Mike Tyson, by 2003, he was totally broke, made millions. Everybody knows Mike Tyson. Uh he made he made well over a few hundred million. Yeah. Yeah. And he was taken advantage of by, you know, shady promoters and all that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, you're responsible for your money. By 2003, totally broke. But, you know, he seems to be taking it well, says he's happy now. And, you know, he's been in Hollywood movies and doing his thing. So it seems like he's been on kind of a little bit of a comeback. He did that spoken word, which I wish I would have seen. That would probably was awesome. But yeah. uh, he, he does seem to be doing all right. He seems to be doing better. I and mean, he's found himself in the cannabis world a little bit. And you know, he, he, he is kind of promoting that. But he actually just seems happier with life. It's kind of crazy. But, you know, hey, good for him. And he seems to have bounced back all right. So, Yeah, and then we're going to go to everybody's favorite golfer. John Daly says he lost $98 million gambling. Now, if anything can make you lose money, if there's one way – to, for you to lose money, no matter how rich you are. If you're Mike Bloomberg and you have a gambling problem, you can spend it all. And uh, that's what John Very Daly quickly. did. Yeah, that's what John Daly did. $98 million. What do you think about that? I don't even know what to say about that. I, I would love just to make $98 million. I would love just <laughs> to make, like a, 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 you know, like $50 million, a few million for sure. Yeah, so I don't know. I mean, he could take just a chunk of that, but I'm take a chunk of this. This is just for gambling. Let it, you know, set it aside. He could have set aside like five mil. All right, I'm gonna gamble with this. No, he have to go overboard. They can't help themselves. Yeah, <laughs> and then we're yeah, and then we're gonna go to another problem some players have. We're gonna talk about Dennis Rodman because that's my boy. That's one of my favorite players growing up, and at one point. He owed $800,000 in back child support and over 50000 in spousal support. So, you know, if you have a lot of children, it gets expensive. And then my favorite out of all of those, I shouldn't say favorite, it's sad, but Travis Henry went broke because he had nine children by nine different women. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, sometimes you just got to think a little bit. You know, with the head on your shoulders and, you know, slow it down. And you just got to be careful at times. But, yeah, they, they can't they can't think that it's just going to go away. You know, they, the, the problem, I won't say the problem, but that their legal issues are going to go away. They got to handle them. So that's just yeah. them being irresponsible. But I got another person on, on my list, uh, uh, Sean Kemp, 
you know, similar situation, you know, seven, seven kids, six baby mamas, you know, that between that and I think he had drug issues. I mean, it's just tough. You know, Sean Kemp is a rough one for me because Sean Kemp, I was so excited when the Cavs got him and paid him that big contract to leave Seattle mm-hmm. and, and fat, couldn't play, uh, you know, knocked up some girls in the area and stuff and just, uh, you know, it, it just just a total mess that it turned out to be. You know, it's a sad story. I don't know if he's completely broke, but I think you said you heard he was. Yeah, I think I think he's he's completely broke. I don't know. I'll say completely broke, but I'm pretty sure that most of his his uh, at least money from the NBA is gone. So, and I know you were talking about John Dale and his gambling debts. That's kind of what happened to Antoine Walker as well. You know, made over a hundred million dollars in his career, and basically spent money on gambling debts, his legal fees, and also his wife spent a lot of his money as well, living just living the lifestyle, keep up with the Joneses. And so that, that's a lot of, another issue a lot of these athletes they face. They try to keep up with, you know, a lot, a lot of the guys that are in the league that make – they don't make the big-time money. They still make millions, but don't make big-time money. They try to keep up with those guys, a lot of those guys that make the big the big money contracts, and they shouldn't. You know, they shouldn't try to live that lifestyle. But, you know, they see it, and they have the stars in their eyes, and, and they want to do it, you know. And I'm sure everybody will be in that boat seeing like me and I – I make a little more money. I can do this, this, and that, and you know, put a little, you know, look a little bit better and have a little more swag and all that stuff. But sometimes you got to know when to to shut it down. And yeah, I, I know yeah, it's easier easier for others, easier for some than others. The one that kind of shocked me was Cheryl Swoops because I didn't know WNBA players could make that much money, but she blew through fifty million and had to sell her. Uh, Olympic medals and her Naismith trophy to pay off her IRS debt. Crazy. Crazy. Right. Now, the other one I was going to say that doesn't pay off, we've talked about, you know, a lot of children, gambling, you know, living the life, but murder doesn't pay off too well either. Ask OJ Simpson. That costed him quite the boatload of cash. Now, he's innocent. I'm not saying he did kill anybody. He was found guilty. I mean, innocent. And uh, but it cost him a lot of money to find that verdict, right? That's true. That's true. So, at the end of the day, the court of law found him innocent, but it did cost a lot of money. Yeah, no one wanted to touch him after that. When before he was, he was the guy. You know, as far as endorsements and everything, he was the guy. He got he could talk to anybody, and you know, he, he was the man out in Hollywood. He's the man out in L.A., and um, he just you know, he lost that. For sure. Oh man, so. he had the world by the goods. He had yep. all the movies. Remember the OJ Hertz commercials where he's running around trying to catch his car and all that stuff. I oh, mean, yeah. he was the man. He just had it all and just blew it. Yep. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And then, you know, drugs and prostitution is always a bad, bad thing to go with your money. And that's where we talk about Lawrence Taylor a little bit. Uh, yeah. Drugs. Constitution. Uh like the powder a little bit too much. He was completely broke shortly after his playing career. Oh man. And Lenny Dykstra had quite the drug problem. Now get this with Lenny Dykstra. He owed $31 million in 2009 bankruptcy, and he had like five hundred thousand dollars in assets. Now someone tell me how that happens. 
<laughs> that's definitely living beyond the means. That's what that is, right? <laughs> yeah. I guess that means you got $31 million worth of free stuff. I don't know. I, I guess. I don't know. I don't know about all that, but you know, that's that's crazy. That's crazy. He's not in jail. I seen him on a commercial recently. Wasn't it that eugenics I, or something commercial? No, that's Andy Van Slyke. That's Van Slyke. Okay. Yeah, I don't want yeah. to confuse those two. Yeah, I think Lenny Dykstra might be in jail. <laughs> yeah. That's another story altogether, though. Lenny Dykstra yeah. I think has has some kind that's of mafia great. ties or something like that. Yeah, that's a crazy story. Now here's a sad one. You know, everybody knows Johnny Unitas, one of the all-time greats. He filed for bankruptcy in 91 for $3.2 million. Now, obviously, he didn't make the kind of money these guys do now, but it just shows you, even back then, you know. Uh, you know, he's a legend. He probably could have made that money just going and hanging out in Vegas like Pete Rose and signing autographs. That's how famous he was. But, right. you know, it didn't, didn't happen, you know. It's sad. So, what else? Uh, you know, one of the ones that shocked me, too, was Deuce McAllister. He, had, he made tens of millions of dollars, and he had to have his house seized. Really? Yeah, they seized his house. No, didn't, didn't know that. Now, one that, that came across that I wasn't really surprised about was Scottie Pippen. Uh, ultimately, he made a bunch of bad financial deals. He bought a $4 million private jet. He bought it for $4 million. So that plus the upkeep is insane. And I heard the jet didn't work. You know? <laughs> that sucks. <laughs> so how are you going to buy a $4 million jet that you're supposed to, you know, put all this money into it and it doesn't even work? That's crazy to me. Um, I'm trying to think who else is out there on that list. So Charles Brewell, you know, obviously he had two mansions seized, he had a yacht seized, and he had like a 55 or 70-foot yacht or something crazy. Um yeah, what what about uh, Vin Baker, who made $180 million over his career, and now he's working at a Starbucks in Rhode Island? Yep. Yep. I mean, hey, he's, he's got to do what he's got to do at this point, which I understand. It's just unfortunate that he's in that situation. Now, a lot of these players as well, like, uh, like Allen Iverson. Um, oh, yeah, you got to talk guess, about the hanger-ons. That's yeah, the other. right. I guess he's not he's not technically broke. But he did lose over two hundred million dollars, and you know a lot of that was just because he was giving to people that were asking him for money, or he had like a big crew that was always rolling with him, and he always made sure they were taken care of. You know, so you know it's hard to say no to people, especially when they're your friends, like your actual friends, or throw in air quotes friends, or the family that comes out of the woodwork. So. Well, that happened to Trent Richardson. I heard him talking before he started with the uh, Alliance of American Football last year. He lost every dime he had. He said he paid for three funerals of people he didn't even know. He just couldn't right. say no, he said. Now, yeah. I want to finish up with two two that are just crazy to me because of the amount of money they made. Uh, and still, you know, Warren Sapp, all right, he earned $82 million, right? And when he filed for bankruptcy, he had $826 in his account, one of the most dominant D linemen ever. Where did that money go? Well, I mean, he had everything from fancy cars to a real lion's rug in his living room, I guess. I mean, just blowing it, blowing it, blowing it. Right, right. They should have gone to the, the Marshawn Lynch School of, uh, of Financing. Yes. Yeah, doing so we, all right. We should talk about athletes who've done well on our next podcast. You did it right. Right. 
Right. We, so. we like to talk about the money, but the one that's just crazy to me is Evander Holyfield, multiple-time champ, made just crazy money over an extremely long career. As a matter of fact, the guy was fighting as an old man to make money still to pay off his debts, but he had problems with all of this stuff, high living, yep. kids, just everything. And it's just insane that someone who made as much as him is completely broke. Yeah, it's, it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate. I know that like uh, NBA have a program in place, the NBA transition program for rookies, where they try to give them, you know, kind of a heads up. It's like a four day, you know, things for rookies as far as the, at the rookie symposium on like how to manage your money, you know, the do's and don'ts, what to try to stay away from, what to try to avoid. But obviously, rookies are going to do what they're going to do. You know, you just hope that they come into the league and they have good vets on their teams. That kind of show them the ropes and not show them, you know, the wrong way to live the lifestyle. So, you know, they're going to spend some money. That's how it goes. You know, they don't have money. You know, they come out of college. It's just their job. They get paid. You know, they're going to want to spend some money on something. I get it. But just need to find the best way to manage it. I know usually the first year or two, rookies kind of go a little crazy, and then they kind of dial it back in, or they try to, it seems like. But, you know. I don't know. Between, I mean, everybody likes to, you know, start making some money and buy stuff. You know, it's not just every, you know, but they just, they make a lot more money. They're in the spotlight. They're trying to hang with the other players. Like I told you, one of my coaches told me at Ohio Wesleyan to play in the NFL for seven years. It was a, you know, all conference player for the Bishops. Uh, he told me that when he was in the league, everybody tries to hang on with a few guys making all the money. And they try to keep up with them guys, and the next thing you know, there's no money left at the end. Right, right. Yeah, I think these guys are most guys. Their careers are not going to last that long. What four years, maybe? And depending on the sport, you know what I mean. And so if they're doing that. They're living life. You know what are they going to do the rest of the time after that? You know that's the thing. Like, you know, Kobe. You know, obviously Kobe passed away, so you know, rest in peace to Kobe. But he had things set up going forward. You know, he wasn't in a situation where he was going to be broke, you know, and he had life after basketball. So, you know, he had that kind of figured out a little bit of what he's going to do next. You know, that's kind of probably the hardest part for a lot of these guys when they're done playing, what are they going to do? You know, and they can't live the same lifestyle because they're not making the same kind of paychecks. Unless you're Tony Romo because he got paid by CBS. Well, it's different for guys like that. You know, Romo was the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. Even though he didn't win a damn thing when he played, he is still, you know, a known name and a good personality. But, you know, we're talking about players, you know. Like, you know, everybody knows who the quarterbacks are, and they can come on TV. They can go sign endorsement deals, sign autographs, and all that stuff. And, uh, you know, say you're a lineman that was one of the best linemen for 10, 10 years in the NFL, made millions of dollars and blown it all, but nobody knows who you are. So now yeah. you're screwed, right? Yeah. You know what? I think the winters, you know what's bad is I didn't even mention Bernie Kozar basically what broke. Supposedly his wife divorced him over it, and his big problem was he couldn't say no, supposedly, to people that asked him for money, you know? Right. And, yeah, because, you know, everybody loves Bernie. He's doing well now because he works for the Browns and all that stuff. But, you know, supposedly he couldn't tell tell friends no on giving him money, and it hurt him. No, I, I, I see it. You know, I, it doesn't surprise me. You know, obviously the guys at LeBron James, he's kind of done things a little bit differently. I'm sure he's giving his fair share of money away, but 
it seems like he's tried to put his friends in positions to grow something on their end, gives them opportunities with the money that he gives them, then just give giving money to give it to them. That's what it seemed like. But I don't know. I'm on the outside looking in. As far as what that. he does, he lets friends capitalize off his name and gives them opportunities. So he don't necessarily give them a bunch of money, but he makes them earn it. But he lets them use his name. Right. I mean, to uh, go make themselves some money, which is a good thing. You know, LeBron, you know, he he has his little group of people, you know, that, you know, but it's a small group. You know, it's a tight knit group. It ain't like 50 to 100 people like Iverson had following him around. Right. And those got to earn it in LeBron's inner circle, man. They got to do their job or they're out. You know, once you lose that loyalty or you're that hardworking effort, you're gone, you know? Yeah, for sure. For sure. And you have guys like Chase McGrady who he's coming in and he's putting together uh, an advisory program to help young athletes to keep from getting broke. I just came across this article right before we came on the podcast. So, um, sounds like something similar to NBA is trying to do, but obviously he's an NBA player and you know, he's seen it all. He's probably done it all. He's seen the different temptations that are out there to spend lavishly, and he's probably a player that those rookies or younger players look up to and be more prone to listen to him versus you know trying to sit there and listen to a bunch of old coaches or you know NBA execs or something like that talk about you know having to save money. So. I think it's good that players like him come back and try to have a program in place for these young guys to um, to kind of see how they should try to live the life. So, Yeah, and that's a great thing. But my all-time favorite part from all these classes, and you'll remember this after I tell you, is when Chris Carter went to the NFL Rookie Symposium to talk about them on how to behave in the NFL, and he told them all to get a fall guy. That was classic. Great <laughs> stuff right there. <laughs> I mean, it's probably true. It's probably true. <laughs> it is probably true, but you can't say it like that. No. Pull the guy no. aside and be like, yo, you need to get some boys to, you know, protect you when, when stuff gets hot in the club and stuff. But <laughs> that was classic. Yeah, you, you can't just announce it like that. <laughs> but, you know, that's that's Chris Carter being Chris Carter. Middletown, Ohio's finest. Yes, Ohio <laughs> represents Ohio State well. <laughs> Oh man! All right, what we what we got going on? What we got, Dane? All right, here we go. There's something that we kind of discussed a little bit as we've been talking about the athletes and the money, and you know we have everything going on in the world right now with the coronavirus and everything, and everybody's pretty much quarantined to their houses. There's not really quarantine, but they're asked to stay at home unless it's something essential they need to do. So, what activities are you doing during the quarantine? How are you getting by? I know you say you're going stir crazy, can't get out to any bars or anything like that. What are you doing to get by during this time? Oh, man, it's tough. Uh, But there's a lot of things you can do out there, you know. Uh, Mm -hmm. And there's different ways to go about it. You know, how you spend your time is important. You got to better yourself or you just got to sit on the couch and drink. Now, I can tell you it's extremely difficult to fight that urge probably for a lot of people. Um, You know, a lot of people's probably depressed right now and down and stuff like that. Uh, I think one of the things that's a good time to do is, you know, you know, make sure you get caught up on some sleep, get your body rested, you know, get back in shape and do some working out. I mean, fortunately, I put a gym together, as you know, years ago. You know, I bought right. all the pieces of my gym about 10 years ago now. And 
my girlfriend's been telling me to get rid of it for five years and I held my ground on this one thing and boy, have I never ever won an argument so well as this one. Have I not? <laughs> That's true. That's just good thing you had it. Obviously you can't go to a gym and you have a full, I've seen it. You've had the full squat rack bench, early needs, dumbbells, uh, it, usually in the pharmacies lived in, there was the futon and then there was the weight room set. That was it. That was what the that, was, that's was the, that, that was the old days, the Walmart futon and the in the gym. That's it. <laughs> in the one bedroom yeah. apartment, there'd be the, the, the bed in the bedroom with a little small old school TV with rabbit ears and tennis on it. That's yes. it. That's, that's how it was done. Was, yeah. <laughs> but you forgot the best part when I originally first moved. I had no couches, no futon, and I took the third seats out of the back of my expedition of the apartment. <laughs> that was pimp. I used to joke everybody I had leather seats in the couch. Leather couch. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> but yeah, to get back to what we we're talking about, I think working out would be a good thing to do. And I can tell you if you need to know if you need to work out. There's a real simple test you can do, all right? And this is called the FUPA test, right? So all you got to do is stand straight up, look straight down, don't lean forward, straight down. And if you can't see the base of your uh, private area, then you have the developing stages or a full-blown FUPA in the works, all right? Which means you could definitely go to do some working out. And I am one of them people that has to work out. So yeah, I'm hammering the weights and trying to take care of that fupa. I, I need to, to work out as well. We're not going to disclose what the acronym fupa stands for. You could probably Google it and figure it out. But I think uh, I think we all know what's going on there. But yeah, I'm with you. Working out's a good thing. And you need different things to work out. Whether you have a weight set like Dane, where you get on YouTube and follow some aerobic workout, where you get outside and take a walk or jog, you know, whatever it is, or you decide to do something like yoga, whatever it is, you know, do something. Um, I'm trying to make part of my, my morning routines now that I'm working from home, drop the kids off, trying to get, get to a workout routine, especially now that I'm not sick or I'm not as sick as what I was before. So I'm feeling better. So we're trying to get out a little bit. So, yeah. Right, yeah. And like Sorry. I said, just look up stuff. Even if you don't have the gym, I mean, I like men's health, no gym required book that had come out that shows you all the different things you can do. You know, get outside and get some fresh air and put some work in, take care of that fupa while you're uh, got all this downtime, right? Yes, yes, agreed, 100%. Now, I know you can't do this activity um, in every state, but I know in the state of Ohio the other day, I played around the golf. It was just nine quick holes, my first time picking up the clubs all year. Uh, walked the course in the nine holes, so that was a good time. wasn't bad. It was a beautiful day. It was sunny, slight breeze, probably like 74 degrees, you know, partly cloudy. Great day to go out and play some golf. So got to go out, got to experience some fresh air. Obviously kept social distancing from the person that I was playing with. Um, but all in all, good times, and I didn't hit it horribly. My short game was terrible, but that's expected at the beginning of the year. So that's all right. Yeah, golf's a great choice. And as you've seen, I have a putting green. I roll out my uh... – my place and put some golf balls, but you don't even need the putting green, man. Get your clubs out, get your balls out, start, start putting. Yeah. Get to get your game going. And you you make sure that, my, 
Yeah, if you've seen on my video, I even put under pressure because my dog barks and barks and barks while you try to work on your form and get focused, all right? You know, it's <laughs> like, yeah, the Pomeranian's going nuts while I'm golfing. It helps me practice putt under pressure, putt with distractions. Uh, you know, so that's a good thing to do. I definitely am feeling the golf. I got to look and see. PA's been flipping back and forth. I don't know if we can golf or not. I'll have to check that out. Yeah, definitely check that out. Like, so Ohio, and then we're going to close it. And for whatever reason, they decided not to. And, you know, they're not, ser- they're not serving any beer or alcohol or anything like that. And when I went and bought my uh, my round, I bought it online. So I didn't have to interact with anybody. And basically, once I bought it online, buddy got there early, went to the clubhouse, talked to him, like, yeah, you guys are good to go. Go ahead out there and tee it up. And so that's all we did. And then we took a walk. So. Yeah, pretty... I think too. Yeah, that's that's great to be able to do that. And now one thing they did do is so you're not you're not uh, putting you know the ball you're not picking the ball up out of the hole is they did have like kind of something around the hole so you weren't really hitting it into the hole, uh, but you're hitting it and when you knew you were you would have made it into the hole it just bounces off the the cup that was surrounding the hole, and you pick up your ball from there so. Yeah, so definitely golf. Any kind of sporting, you know, get outside if you can, you know, with your kids or whatever if you got them and, you know, stay active. It's a good time to just clear your mind and get fresh. I mean, like even if you're still working on your days off, you know, now you don't have to – you don't have all that other stuff going on. You know, you should be spending time with people. And I like Terrell's idea, and I know a lot of people's doing it out there. I think it's important to stay in contact with people and keep them relationships going because it's just healthy to do so. But like the zoom and the virtual happy hour and stuff, you know, it's good yep. stuff. If you can get going, stay in touch with people. And now is a good time to get back in touch with people. Maybe you haven't talked to in a while with, uh, you know, not able to be doing all the stuff, you know, you're not taking kids to all the games and all that kind of stuff. Uh, it's not a bad time to get involved in that kind of thing. Yep, for sure. 100% agree. 100% agree. So, um, I'm trying to think what else, man. Like I said, you can only watch so much TV. Obviously, people watch TV. They watch the streaming services. You try to work out. And you try to get outside as much as possible. You know, obviously, you can't really interact in person with other people too much besides a, a nice little wave. But, you know, it, it's getting warm around here. And, you know, it hasn't been raining too much lately. This week's been a great week to go outside and just grill, you know, get on the grill and everything. So I was planning on grilling some steak for Easter dinner tomorrow. Uh, I think it's supposed to rain, though, so we'll see about that. But, um, you know, just get outside and enjoy it, you know, while you can and, you know, and just try to relax. I don't know what other activities people like to do. Um but like I said, my son likes to go outside. He wants to play soccer. He wants to play basketball. You know, he enjoys going out for walks and all that stuff. So, you know. Yeah, and it's good. That you got to go out there and get your mind freed up. So let me give you three things to watch, too, while you're stuck in the house, right? Because there's a lot of people not working. So, you know, they're stuck in the house for seven days a week. All right. Right. Three things I want to warn everybody to get caught doing. The first one is. Like Terrell said, don't sit there and watch TV show after show. I can't do it. I got to get up. Uh, it's just not good for you. If you really need, you know, read a book, do something that stimulates the mind. Don't just sit there and stare at the TV all day. The second one, and this is a big one because I struggle with this a little bit too. Uh, it's easy to go online and just start buying stuff because you're bored. 
You know, it's it's yep. hard to maybe do that. You know, don't get online and buy useless stuff like OBJ sneakers when he's going to get traded in a week. Uh, you know, st- st- you go, you know, that's something that's hard to fight. You know, it's your board, you're clicking around, you're looking at stuff like, oh, I'd like to have that, buying stuff. You know, try to watch that. And the last one is uh, don't get caught just sitting there drinking every day. You know, it's not healthy. And, you know, it'll actually just make things worse if you're already feeling down and stuff. If you're going to have some drinks, do it like we said, do it socially get people on, have a few drinks, nice happy hour, do it that way. Yeah. You know, just watch your health during these times. Because it isn't just about the COVID. If you're sitting there for seven days a week and you're not getting any exercise and moving around, man, you're going to not be healthy. Nope, I'm, I'm with you there, man. I'm 100% with you there. So, all right. Like I said, COVID's going on. Everybody's kind of sitting inside. Everybody – the one thing that we are missing that's out of our lives are sports. Now, professional sports league will talk about coming back later in the summer, maybe early in the fall, possibly. But they're talking about playing without fans. Um, that's the question. Should, should sports teams play without fans in general? Like We know that's going to be the healthier option as far as social distancing and all that stuff. But is it good for them to go ahead and play the sports without in empty stadiums, basically? Should they go on with it or should they wait until they can have fans in the seats? That's the question. Well, I think economically it makes sense because at least you're getting the TV money, right? And ratings would probably be at an all-time high because people can't go nowhere and people are craving sports. So I think it's a good idea to have the games because I know I would watch, wouldn't you? Yeah, I would for sure. So – and and – and this is more kind of like, you know, we're watching, and I understand it's great watching games and the fans are going crazy and all that stuff. And fans definitely have momentum's a real thing. It's that unexplainable thing when the fans are going crazy, particularly in sports like basketball and hockey, where the fans are laying right on you when you're playing. Yeah. Uh, feel like they definitely have an impact. And it kind of takes away the home field advantage a little bit. But I think it'd be more of an impact to the players and the actual fans. Like it sucks that we can't go, but we can watch the games on TV. You know, if you're playing a game in an empty stadium, football players in particular, because as you know, football players play in front of crowds from the time they're playing in high school till the end. You know, if you're a baseball player, nobody goes to your games till you're in the MLB anyway. So they should be used to it. And the fans don't lay right on you. When you play football and basketball, I mean, let's face it, Ohio, you know, that's what people go to watch, Ohio high school basketball and football. It would be weird. I think basketball would be like, you know, you just have to pretend like you're back out on the court back in the good old days, playing out the street ball, just just yep. ball them, you know? What do you think? No, I, I'm with you. I'm with 100% as far as that. So, you know, I think it, it would be, it'd be pretty easy for the players to adjust. Obviously, you know, you want the crowd there and everything, but if they're not there, it's not a big deal as far as that. And I think the players will probably adjust just fine. And like I said, it'll be good probably for TV revenue. I'm sure that there's many people that will tune in for that, uh, especially because of how long that we haven't had sports. We haven't had sports, live sports on TV for like a month. You can imagine that. So, Yeah, and um, you know what's funny? Like, you know, when you're watching the Reds and Indians on TV – uh, there ain't no fans in the stands anyway. So I don't <laughs> see how it would affect them that much anyway. But with uh, 
I think football would be definitely the strangest, right? I mean, for like a team like the Miami Marlins, you know, it's business right. as usual. But you know, football <laughs> would be <laughs> football would be weird, or, or unless you're the San Diego Chargers, it would be weird. Uh, oh, my my fault, L.A. Chargers. But right. uh, it, it, football would be the weirdest with no fans. What do you think? I think you would definitely need to turn the mics off if you're watching football with no fans because you don't really want to hear everything that's being said between players out there on the field. <laughs> well, how about you pumping crowd noise like the Atlanta Falcons used to do? <laughs> yeah, you, you you could do that. Whatever, hey, whatever it takes, whatever it takes. I mean, I guess that would give them a kind of a a little bit of a home field advantage, right? Yeah, that's just sad that your fans suck so bad that you have to pump in crowd noise in a dome. That's pathetic. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's tough. Yeah, it's tough. So. <laughs> but yeah, I think I think I definitely would watch. I think it's good. I think they should do that. I mean, you've seen how the NHL playoffs is talking about playing in like North Dakota and Maine and places like that. I think that would actually be kind of neat. That'd be awesome. Like put them in them old school arenas or small arenas out there and let them go at it. I think that'd be pretty cool. <laughs> I think the players will hate that though. <laughs> yeah, but they hate, they hate not getting paid even more. So I'm sure that'd be good with it. <laughs> that's true. That, that That's very, very true. So, oh yeah, I would still watch them for sure. Yeah, especially now, as long as I knew it was live and it was, it was up to date stuff that meant something, I'm on board. So. The problem is they have to be careful because you know, what if they come back and they have all this planned and all this money's planned, TV planned, the first game, somebody gets sick and they have COVID and they have to quarantine everybody. I mean, it's, it, it's, it's, it, there's definitely some risk to it. Right. Right. Oh man. What do we have? What do we have? All right. I'm going to go ahead and put, push it on. Obviously we want sports to come back. We miss sports. Sports are a part of – they're ingrained in our society, ingrained in our life, ingrained in my life and Dane's too. So I look forward to, to the opportunity for sports coming back. But until then, um, we're still going to talk about them, just to talk about different aspects of it. So rapid-fire segment topic, topics. Um, Alabama receiver Henry Ruggs, he's disappointed in his 40 time at his pro day of 4.27. What do you think about that? <laughs> disappointed in a 4.27. I mean, it's not even right that someone can run that fast. Four, that's 4.27 right. on a combine clock. That ain't your high school coach's hand time. You know what right. I mean? That's, that's like 4.27 as soon as a hair on your head moves. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, it's crazy, right? Like, I'll be honest. Like, usually in sports, once someone runs, I don't know, 4.4 four or under, then usually they're turning the corner. They're not getting caught from behind anyway. But just the fact that he runs a 4-2 and he's disappointed, it's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Like anything – now, if you hang out in the bars throughout the United States, there's always guys in the bars that say they ran a 4-3, which I always love. But this is a legit yeah. 4 at an NFL combine. It's on video. It's legit. And he's disappointed in it. Brother, you're going to get paid now paid you just yep. won yourself some paper i mean <laughs> i don't know how you can be disappointed you know uh if he's disappointed i'd love to see him do something on tv i want him to go out on the track with 
T.O. with the clock, with the hand clock out there on video. <laughs> yeah. and, and like, he, like, what's that Land Falcons receiver? Like, Jones, when he was out there doing with T.O., get out there with Jones and T.O., and I want you to see you run a 4-2. Let's do it. Get it out there. Get it on video. Yeah, prove it. Prove it. I want to see it. I want to yeah. see it. Who was the one? There's, there's like two guys that ran under a four two. Like Joey Galloway ran like a four one eight or something crazy, right? And there was yeah. Somebody else that did something like that. Uh, I, I know John Ross for the Bengals had the record, but I don't think he broke four two. Yeah, the, he was the, close. J- Galloway's was unofficial, supposedly on the machine. That's why it's yeah. a record, but that's crazy. Yeah, um, that's definitely moving. Yeah. So. But- uh, I would say, Henry, you're going to be fine. I won't be too disappointed. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're going to be okay. You're faster than – you know, you're in, the, you're in the, the 1% when it comes to speed, so congratulations on that. <laughs> yeah. All right, what about, what about Drew Brees to, to join NBC after he decides to retire, whenever that is? I imagine within the next three years, but who knows? Yeah, I mean, NBC, Drew Brees, that will be a good match. I, Drew Brees is definitely somebody that I could uh, watch, you know, here during the commentary. I think too much is put into the commentary. Uh, I would watch if, like, Flavor Flav was doing the announcing. Like, it doesn't matter to me. I just want to watch the game. So I think too much is put into that, right? But I think Drew Brees, you know, uh, you know I, I'm all for that. I think it would be good. I personally do. I like when Tony Romo's on there when he's looking and he's kind of reading the coverage and he's kind of talking through it before the play happens on, you know, what he's seeing and what he would do or what kind of adjustments he would make. I like that, but I was also a former football player, so I probably appreciate that more than probably the average fan that's out there, you know, looking at a defense. So, well, I would be you know, skeptical I, I, of Romo being able to read a defense because he couldn't do it when he played. So I don't know how much value you're getting listening to him now. Uh, I don't know about that, man. I, I was probably more of a fan than you were there. You were, though. So, one I get it. Win. One One. Yeah. That's all wins and losses for the quarterback. If you played for any other franchise than the Dallas Cowboys and won one playoff game, people wouldn't even know who you were. Right? Would you agree? Probably true. Probably true. The only people true. who knew who you were is the people that followed that team. So – or people that follow football real closely like me and you. That would be about it. Right. Because Romo was the quarterback of the Cowboys, you know, and he can talk. I'll give him that. Uh, You know, you get those kind of jobs. That's why Dak Prescott, boy, you're good. You're good, man. Just go out and play. Get that paper. You're the quarterback <laughs> of the Dallas Cowboys, man. You're getting all these endorsement deals. You stole Cam Nugent's, Newton's yogurt gig. I mean, you're the man. You know, there is no better position in sports than being quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. You ain't going to win nothing, but you're going to make a lot of money. He's got the yogurt gig. He's got the Campbell suit gig. He's got Des Bryant coming back at receiver. Hey, it's going down. It's going down. You ain't going to win <laughs> nothing. You're going to go 8-8 eight and eight and not make the playoffs, but you're going to get paid, and you're going to be right. famous. That's probably true. They probably missed the opportunity. Now the O-line's gone soft. So – and, and Zeke got paid, so he's like, ah, I'm chilling. But <laughs> yep. So, okay, here's, here's a quick question Should Kevin Garnett attend his jersey retirement ceremony with the Minnesota Timberwolves? After, because he, because of the relationship that he had with the owner there, 
uh, went downhill after kind of they had a verbal agreement on him getting part ownership of the team when Flip Saunders was there. And then Flip Saunders passed away, and then it seemed like the um, the deal went away once Flip Saunders passed away. And the owner didn't wasn't really upfront about it. He just kind of just let it go and basically acted like Kevin. He didn't know what Kevin was talking about. I'm kind so, of torn on this because. You know, Garnett played for the Timberwolves for a long time. I would argue that they were his prime years in terms of his abilities. The Timberwolves didn't win nothing while he was there. Nothing. He probably had – I think if I look, I, I looked and seen that he holds all the all-time stats for the Timberwolves. It's a franchise that hasn't had much success. Um, you're almost retiring his jersey just because you got to have some kind of history, right? The players could come in and say, uh, Kevin Garnett played here and did uh, well individually, but you didn't win nothing. Like, you know, LeBron, you know, he only played nine years in Cleveland, but he, he went to four, five NBA finals and won a title for Cleveland first time in 52 years. That's the type of stuff that gets your jersey retired. Even his four years in Miami when they won two titles and went to four straight, you could argue, I would say his jersey should probably be retired in Miami. Uh, Kevin Garnett didn't win nothing. He's got all-time stats. So, I, what's your what's your feeling on this? I'm kind of torn here a little bit. I mean, as far as him attending the the retirement ceremony, like I get it why he wouldn't. Um, I don't know. I, I I know he has love for the people in Minnesota and the fans and the community. So, if he was going to do it, I feel like that's why he would. He would do it just so he'd go and and see the fans and the people that did love him when he was there because he doesn't want to – I don't think he wants to disrespect them, but I think he definitely well, has a – his breakup with Timberwolves was pretty ugly. Like, it was kind of like a breakup. Obviously, nothing's on the level of LeBron, but they left with some bitterness and nothing was accomplished, right? So right. LeBron came back to Cleveland and rectified those things. Garnett left bitter. They didn't win nothing. And it just didn't go down well. So, I mean, if his jersey's getting retired, I think he has to – if his jersey's getting retired, I think he has to go back, and I think the fans would cheer him. So, I guess I'll go with that. Yeah. This is a really good question, though. I mean, you know, I kind of – I apologize. I kind of twisted your question into whether his jersey should be retired or not there. But, uh, you know – I, it's a tough one for me. Yeah, no, it is. It is for me too. I, I get both sides of it for why he would and why he wouldn't. Um, I probably would just for the fans. You know, you know, he doesn't want to. He doesn't want to be with the owner. He doesn't like the owner. He doesn't respect the owner. It sounds like, but for the community and the years that that he did put in there for them, I think he would go there. They would cheer him, and that almost be a reason of why. He could go there for it. So, yeah, that's but, a good yeah. debate. I would, I'd have to tune in on TV and see what people think about that. Uh, I would be interested to see what some of the old dogs in the NBA have to think about that topic. Right. Right. A lot of them probably say, well, we don't care about the fans. You know, if you had bad business with the owner, forget them. Just don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's tough. I think at the end of the day, it'd be good to do for the fans. If if it, 
But like I said, he didn't accomplish nothing there. If I'm a Timberwolves fan, I guess I could argue the fact that he was fun to watch while he was there, right? What was the farthest they got when he was with the Timberwolves? I'm not even really sure. I think they did get to a Western Conference final, correct? Maybe one Western, like, was him and, like, Zerbiak and Malik Seeley and someone else that was decent. But they they, they ran into the Lakers and the Blazers and the Kings. Like, the West was stacked. Yeah, back then. So, I mean, that's the tough part. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'd have to look, but yeah, you're right. Well, I mean, he, I think he sees himself as a Celtic. So, I mean, it's 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 tough, you know. Even though I think his best, I honestly think his best basketball was already behind him by the time he went to the Celtics. He was still a star player. But you know. yeah, he, he was he was on the back half of the superstardom for sure. Correct. Yeah. At that point, Don. So I know we spent more time on the subject than I thought, but you know I love the NBA, and that's a really interesting topic. Uh, you know, Kevin Garnett. You know, obviously an all-time great. Obviously deserved going in the Hall of Fame on that first ballot because of his championship with the Celtics and his overall stats and what he's meant to teams. And uh, you know, with with the Wolves, that's a different story. Be interested to yeah. see what happens. Yeah. Right, what do you think about this? Sports cancel like the professional sports cancellations cause a surplus in chicken wings nationwide. Well, that's because I'm not in there <laughs> eating them every weekend any longer. So I gotta get back <laughs> on it. <laughs> no, I, it. that's crazy, dude. And it's true. I I live I lived off chicken wings for years. I think when I was First got out of college, I I was in BW3s eating them pigeon wings all the time. So, like, <laughs> I was in BW3s like three nights a week at Acre eating wings. Dude. I mean, that's all I ate. Uh, pigeon wings. Yeah, but they are pigeon wings there. But, uh, and, man, this talk just makes me – I'm dying for some Frickers wings, man. I'm telling you next time I come visit, we got to go to Frickers because I, I got to yeah. have some Frickers wings. I'm down. Just let me know. Yeah. I'm let me to, know. I might have to just fly in for dinner and bounce because I, I got to get some. But <laughs> uh, this is crazy. I can't believe I, – I don't even know what to say about this. This just shows you how bad things are getting so people can't get their chicken wings. Terrible, man. Terrible. Like, I'm trying to think of last time I even had wings. It's been a, it's been a few weeks. I might get some tonight just because we're talking about it. I'll order some, I'll order some carry out. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking about it too because we're already thinking about what we're getting for lunch today, and I might be like, I might have to get get some pickup from the Keystone down here. It's one of the restaurant bar type things that's still open for pickup. Might have, might have to do that today. Yeah, I know anything about where I want to get the wings from. That's the question. Where I want to get them from. So I know we normally go to like little mom and pop places down here called Buffalo Joe's, but I kind of wanted some different sauces than what they offer. But I don't want to go to B Dubs either as far as that. And there's not a Frickers close. The Rooster's a little further away than I want to go as well. So, I don't know, man. I, I've, I've heard good things about Wingstop, but I uh, haven't had their wings yet. So, Oh, God, it's been a long time. Uh, I can't remember the last time I had Wingstop. But we're, what we're basically telling everybody out there is do not kill the chicken wing industry for my sake. Go out and get yourself some chicken wings. Let's not let this go to waste. I agree, hundred percent. Everybody, get out there, get some chicken wings, ranch or blue cheese, doesn't matter. Just pick one. 
Make sure the sauce is good. That's right. Yeah, go get them. <laughs> All right, how about this? Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert, the Utah Jazz, are still not seeing eye to eye after how basically uh, flippant Rudy Gobert was about the coronavirus, and he had been the first NBA player to actually have it. And then Donovan Mitchell contracted it after that. And Mitchell still isn't happy with Gobert about how he acted about it. Like, what are your thoughts on that? Well, this is a big problem because if one of the guys was just your average NBA player, you'd just say, all right, see you. You're not getting along with Donovan Mitchell. But Rudy Gobert is probably the best defensive player in the league and had a career year this year and dominated in the All-Star game with all the big boys playing. Uh, this is a big problem. Uh, I don't know how the Utah Jazz will go about solving this. We don't know when basketball is going to be back, but we know the Jazz are a playoff team. I think – I mean, and obviously, we don't know all the details, but I think if you're Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert, you got to bury the hatchet on this. When this all happened, I, man, I don't know. How would you handle it? I don't know. Good thing for them that the NBA season isn't starting yet, so they have time to kind of let the situation simmer down a little bit. But I don't know how you could handle it because they got to—they basically have to talk to each other. They have to bury the hatchet themselves, like. No, the teammates can't force the issue. They can't force them to be like, yeah, I'm comfortable with you. Like, you know, you did something stupid and I got, I can drag this up because you were so flipping about, about it and so cavalier acting about it. So. Yeah, it's a bad look. I mean, and when all that happened, I think at the time people weren't educated on how crazy this was going to be uh, when he touched all the mics and stuff. I mean, it was right, exactly. I, it was stupid, but I don't think in a million years he thought things would blow up like they were, just like I did at the time, and that he actually had it and would, get, you know, give it to the other star player on the team. So I mean, it's it's kind of crazy that this happened, but like, I I think they got to get over it. I don't think this is something worth uh, getting crazy about unless there's other underlining stuff we don't know about it but solely based on just this if this is the only problem i would hope they could work it out and start playing some ball because the jazz have a bright future right yeah you don't know what what the relationship is behind the scenes or anything like that so that is something to think about um we never know the full story we don't know how it really is in their locker room so and this is really just about this yeah hopefully they can figure it out but Honestly, you never really know. You never know. So, um, how about the XFL? You know, it's like things are going pretty well for them. And this whole thing hit with the coronavirus. And now they, I saw this past week that they had to let go the workers and, you know, at all the different locations and everything like that. And looks like XFL might be dead. Well, they supposedly – they promised the players and everybody like this would have been the last week of the season. They promised everybody they would pay them through this, through this time, which they did. But with, in terms of like all the people are supposed to work year round, I think like the executives and marketing stuff, they pretty much let everybody go except for some, a few people in the business side of things. So I don't know if that means business side, like, you know, lawyers just cover themselves or what, but, uh, there was no word if Oliver Luck is still involved with the program because he did not speak on the conference call, supposedly. Uh, this is sad because, I mean, talk about the worst time to release a league. 
I thought the league did a lot of good things that, that got people talking with this. I love the yeah. kickoff because if you're not going to go back to a real kickoff, what they're doing is the best way to do it. Uh, watching teams start every game kicking the ball out of the end zone is boring to me, right? So either go back to the original kickoff or do what the XFL is doing. So the XFL did a lot of stuff. I personally enjoyed watching it. Um, I think they messed up with some locations. I don't think they should have put a team in L.A. Uh, you know, there's some would have done better, but I think overall that the, the league definitely would have been back next year based on the viewership and attendance. And, uh, you know, it's sad. They didn't rule that it was completely dead, but it sounds like it's dead. One of the other things I read is that the WWE stocks way down and McMahon's having a lot of troubles over there. And I think for that reason, he probably yeah. had the focus over there. He's resisting yes. selling the WWE as a stock company. You know what I mean? A public company. He wants to keep it in the family, and it's taking a beating right now. And I think it was time. That might have had something to do with him giving up on the league, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He has to leave. That's his cash cow. He can't, he can't let that go to waste. So I get it. No, and it's worth a lot of money. And I've read where people like Disney and stuff would be interested probably in buying it. And, you know, if you could add – Disney's creative power to it. Maybe they feel like they could boost it back up. Uh, it's not to say that wrestling's dead. It's still extremely popular, and Fox paid a lot of money for it, but there's obviously some stagnation there, and uh, there's some yeah. pressure to go public with it. Uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens, but, you know, I think all that has something to do with the XFL going down, too, not just the COVID. Right. I got you. All right. Last question. Would you currently, or would you go on a cruise once everything with the coronavirus dies down? Hell no. And it ain't just you know the coronavirus, man. And things are always running into each other and stuff. Hell no. Because you know it's going to be inexpensive now and everything. So, I mean, if you want to go on a cruise for cheap, pretty soon it's going to be a good time for it. Nah, man. I'm not getting stuck on some boat out in the water. I ain't happening. <laughs> uh, yeah like yeah I, I don't care how many swimming pools are on there I don't care how many drinks are on there or how many drinks are included uh, I mean <laughs> no no cruises for me you me either me either I wasn't going before but I'm definitely not going now <laughs> yeah uh, but I mean even before this cruises where people were getting quarantined with people sick and all this kind of stuff, man, I, nah, nah, man, no cruise for me. <laughs> I know everybody talks about, oh, it's such a great experience. You've been to different countries, all that stuff. I'm like, yeah, I'm sure it's great, but I just don't want to be stuck on a, on a ship personally. I just, no. that's not enjoyable to me. Like, doesn't it sound boring? Like, I like, you know how I mean, like when we used to go on our vacations with the boys and stuff and kick it, we'd go do stuff. Like, I ain't trying to sit around and I don't know what I would even do. I'd probably just drink and eat, like, while I'm floating <laughs> on the water, like, and lay out in the pool a little bit, I guess. I guess there's some cruises out there, like there's concert cruises and stuff like that. But, like, you know, I'm trying to do stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to lie. Whenever we go to Destin, I'm just going to sit and chill. I'm not going to – we might we might have, like, an excursion somewhere one day. But usually I'll be out there on the beach chilling, having beverages, and lounging and relaxing. That that's that's what my vacation is going to consist of. So 
Yeah, but I'd rather do it on the beach than sitting on a boat out in the ocean, I guess. Yeah, yeah, me too, for sure. So, but maybe I have a phobia of large bodies of water. I don't know. Well, I like to be active too, man. I like to walk the boardwalk, hit up the different restaurants. and Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, see, see the sights, get out in the fresh air and stuff like that. Like, you know, instead of just sitting on a boat on a lounge chair, you know, I can do that at the pool at the hotel if I'm tired. Right. Uh, I'm with you, man. I'm with you. So, man, Dan, I think I think we're we're getting halfway decent at this. You know, not a lot of topics out there in the sports world or even in the regular world. You know, we're trying to we're trying to do our research on what we can really talk about. And uh, maybe some you guys can help us out with next. You guys have some some topics that you want us to talk about. Let us know. Hit me up at franchiselism twenty two at for Dane at D Deneo. You know, for me on Instagram at Terrell Dwayne Eleven, and hit me up just Terrell Cummins on Facebook. So, you know, we're gonna try to figure out some things. I've I've made it through the first week of school. I'm still here. I didn't fail out yet. Um, <laughs> been doing my doing my readings for the second week. So, um, obviously, we'll be discussing a little bit more in the business ethics class. So it'll be interesting to to see the conversation that happens from that. Um, I don't know. I'm not much of a talker, but I might have to weigh in on an opinion here and there so I can get that participation grade up. So, Yeah, you got to do what I'm you got to do. <laughs> got to do what you got to do. So, the good part, though, is that, next week. The good part, though, is next week we'll, we'll do our draft preview. We'll do our draft preview. NFL's still keeping a, us afloat here. Yeah, NFL draft is still coming. It's on the way. It's going to be purely virtual, so it'll be interesting to see how that is normally. You have the huge crowds and everything, and it's live, especially in Vegas this year. So I'm sure they're disappointed, but I'm sure that uh, there'll be a lot of viewership on that. I'll be interested to see what happens. I'll be interested to see if the Bengals take the bait and take the trade from the Dolphins so the Dolphins get Joe Burrow. Um, yeah, there's be a lot to talk about, so I'm interested to, to get into it. So, Yeah, let's do it. Uh, with that, I'm going to check out, and everybody be safe. everybody's favorite segment relax and take notes and i once again i really don't have much today um just trying to get by on the weekend do a little studying for class um probably try to get outside a little bit if it's not raining you know, since everybody is kind of still um they're not quarantined but they're asked to stay in their homes um unless it's something essential uh due to the covid19 virus and try to keep that uh everything the spreading of that to a minimum so um, but if you get a chance, you know, it is good to get outside, keep your social distancing up and, uh, you know, just enjoy it while you can. And, you know, with prayers to everybody out there who, uh, is not working. Uh, I know we're myself and my wife, Elena, we're lucky to be in the positions that we're in, uh, without being able to still work our jobs. We know not everybody is as fortunate uh, at this point in time. So, uh, keep everybody in your prayers there. Uh, stay strong and, uh, you know we will all be able to get through this and hopefully we'll be able to um, be better because of it. So until then, appreciate you listening to the show. Obviously it's, it's fun being here with Dane DeMeo uh, as the co-host once again. So um, we look forward to it. Enjoy your time with your family. And until then we'll see you next week, next week. Have a good one.